After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about TV. Wait for it. Commercials. That's right. We talk about commercials that you love, commercials that you hate, and commercials where people say weird shit like this. Do you have any types of food for dogs who are afraid of spiders? My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm one of the co-hosts of this here podcast, and alongside me, as always... I say as always, this is only our second show, but as always in my life, Genevieve Aaron has. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. So I noticed that you're sitting on your, uh, you're sitting on your forever comfy over there. That's right. My back feels good and my bottom feels good. You got your, your covered head to toe in slankets um, and uh, you're eating a Carl's Jr. burger with too much lipstick on. So I take it you're just like really kind of just embracing this whole new identity as like kind of a commercial woman. Well, the thing about commercials is it's kind of like a foreign language. Um, you know, full immersion is really the best way to become an expert. Right, right. But your your back feels... Good. Your bottom? Good. All right. That's what I like to hear. So we're off to... A great start. Um, we want to get right into the show today. We have a whole bunch to talk about. Actually, I should, I should, maybe this is a warning. Things are going to get a little dark. Yeah, we're going to talk about commercials that um, intentionally, unintentionally, um, perhaps misguidedly go to a dark place in order to get you to buy their shit. All right, we'll talk more about that. Also, a new segment, which is also funny to say, considering it's our second show, uh, called Name That Spokesman. Yeah, you set to, this up for I'm going to try to stump the chump. Um, you claim to be an expert voice recognizer. We'll see how expert you really are when the chips are down. I'm already nervous. And, of course, we're going to check in with you guys, the listeners, the ad council. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed. Well, like I said, the first segment today is going to be called, Well, That Got Dark. And uh, Genevieve, this was your idea to talk about this. And I think it all started with a Pop-Tarts ad. Yeah, the Pop-Tart ads, they're pretty uh, frequent. Uh, probably most people have seen them if you watch any amount of television. They are, uh, they're, they're a running campaign. They're animated. They're bouncy, cute little animations about adorable Pop-Tarts that get lured to their death. <laughs> and there, there are various versions. The first one that you pointed out to me, I think, was the, uh, it was, I think it's called PB&J, and it takes place in a hospital. In a maternity ward. In a maternity ward. There's a baby Pop-Tart in Jeopardy, and we're all supposed to be, I guess, hungry? So what's the scene? So we see, um, I think we see a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly, and they're clearly the proud parents, right? Yes, and they're they looking through the window at their new little baby Pop-Tart, right. a PB&J Pop-Tart. Right. They have given birth to a PB&J Pop-Tart. The nurse, the maternity nurse comes in, and keep in mind, you know, these are really cute little sort of squiggly animations. They're admiring their offspring. The nurse comes in, says it's it's feeding time, and then it really takes a dark turn as the parents c come to the realization and watch in horror as she prepares to eat their baby. What's extra weird about it is that the father, who's the peanut butter, is, I think, you know, appropriately horrified. The mother's reaction is like, ah, oh, crap. Doesn't, Which, she, doesn't she say, oh, well, here, let's take a listen. I think she says, 
Ah, jam. Because she's jelly. Uh, I believe uh, it's a pun. It. Let, right. Let's take a listen. Coochie, coochie, coo. He so has your peanut butter. Well, he's got your jelly. Time for a feeding. Mm. No! Ah, jam it. Like, don't you think the parents have wildly disparate reactions? <laughs> well, the mom does just sort of seem disappointed. I like, go, ah, jam it. It's the way, she, it's like, you know, she put a lot of work into a crossword puzzle and then, you know, messed it up. Yeah, right. Well, I, that one, okay, I agree, dark, but not even the tip of the dark iceberg, if you ask me, which, by the way, fantastic film, The Dark Iceberg, I, I recommend it. The one that just I find absolutely astoundingly dark is one called Photo Booth. And I'm going to play it here. There's not that much dialogue, but there's a couple of Pop-Tarts. And we see them. It's kind of a close-up on the two of them. And they're in a white box, clearly. And there's some wires hanging above them. And the one Pop-Tart, I think it's the male Pop-Tart, because he doesn't have as much luscious eyelashes as the other one. And he's a he's a more manly shade of pink. He takes a quarter or something, and, and he kind of throws it on the ground. And then they start posing because they believe they're in a photo booth. <laughs> Okay. Now. Now, nothing is happening except those wires hanging above their heads are getting, or I guess they don't have heads, but the wires hanging above the Pop-Tarts are getting more and more red. And what we're starting to realize is they are in a toaster oven that is getting increasingly hot. Uh All right. Is this thing working? <laughs> oh, it's working. Ah, the smell of success. Crazy so the camera pulls away and we see that they are indeed in a toaster oven and there are two humans or humanoids uh, that are cooking these two living Pop-Tarts. That are the same size as them. That is true, too. I mean, you want to talk about scale? Maybe that should be. Maybe that should be another segment. Man, that got... Ill scaled. <laughs> Good lord. You know, I just think it's a weird premise. It doesn't really make me want to eat Pop Tarts, which I think is it fails on that level, but it also just seems it just seems tonally off to me. I mean, how do you feel about it? I think it's ridiculous. I don't want to watch any commercial that anthropomorphizes the food that we're about to eat. I mean, this isn't a TV commercial, but I think of the um, the Chick-fil-A ads. And, you know, it's a bunch of cows that are trying to, like, get us all to eat more chicken. And I know in that case... Well, that's just interspecies warfare. That's just interspecies warfare. So that's a little bit different. But, again, it kind of drives me crazy. It drives home this idea that these are living creatures and when you personify them like that well then now i'm developing some sort of a personal relationship with it and now i want to eat it less and you don't need to do that for a pop tart something that's never been alive before these cartoons well we're heading into the wrong season then for you because uh as we get closer to thanksgiving there are so many ads that in which the in which a turkey sells you on the idea of eating turkey yeah, like, I, hey, listen, as a meat eater, and I think you'll agree with this as well, we've talked about this a lot, as a meat eater, I don't think that I should be protected from the idea that I am eating something that was once a living by animal. The, by like, the same token, 
do we need to uh, go the extra mile and assign them personality traits? Right, exactly. That's the that's the flip side of that. It reminds me of that um, that old Tonight Live skit. I I think it was called Cluckin' Chicken. It was for a chicken restaurant, and the chicken's going around advertising the restaurant as a cartoon, and it just gets more and more gory as it goes on. Something's cooking at the Cluckin' Chicken. That's me! The Cluckin' Chicken. Hey, Clucky. Why is the clucking chicken so chickalicious? Everybody knows why. It's cause I'm flame broiled. Yowzy, yow, down. But that's not all. I'm cooked fresh. First, my head's cut off. Heads up. Then I'm plucked and gutted. My intestines are pulled out. Trust me, you don't want them. Wee, look at me! I'm getting quartered and split! Breast wings the whole nine yards! Jumpity jump! Then the pieces of me get flame broiled! Hear that sizzle? That's me! 550 degrees! Good thing I'm dead or yowie! Well, that uh, kind of reminds me of another ad that, that struck out to us as being perhaps unnecessarily dark, which is something called Tomcat, which is a, a mouse poison and these ads are very homemade looking. They're sort of, they have a, a dead taxidermied mouse uh, in a little outfit. And then it's somehow, you know, fired out of a cannon or thrown from a roof or in some other other manner uh, abused. And I guess the premise of the ad is that you'll have so many dead mice from this product that you can do macabre things with them. Like, is that the story? Yeah. I think that the very first one that you and I saw and noticed of this came later on in the campaign. So I think we were especially confused about it, but I was doing some poking around. This was a, among people in the advertising world or, or people who write about advertising, this was actually a pretty highly praised campaign. As a matter of fact, ad week named it like the ad of the week appropriately enough, I guess, um, uh, back when these things debuted in 2014. And the one that we saw was called um, Death Bullet. And there's a, I guess, dead mouse that somebody has dressed up as a, like, with a with a little silver helmet and a white Think shirt. E- evil Knievel. Like Evil Knievel or anybody that you might shoot out of a cannon. And then that mouse is shoved into the tailpipe of a car, we just see the back of the car. Cat kills mice fast. What will we do with all of these dead mice? Presenting the Death Bullet. And the mouse is fired out of a tailpipe target. into a target. That's right. Into a target. It bounces off the target and then falls into a grave. And you and I were watching TV, or as you call it now, doing research, which, by the way, is the best thing about this podcast, is that now, whenever one of us wants to turn on the TV and veg out, we just say, hey, you want to do some research? Yeah, man, let's do some research. Um, This was a strange ad to see for the very first time. It just seems incredibly dark. I think, like you said, it it makes you feel sorry for the mouse. Yeah. But the campaign, the, the, the larger campaign is called Dead Mouse Theater. And there's a whole bunch of them where um, basically people that we'd never see that are off screen are taking these dead mice and then dressing them up. Did you watch any of these? Do you know what I'm talking about? I've seen more than one. Um, I wonder if it's 
in some way capitalizing or riffing on the Dinner for Schmucks. It's with, very much like Dinner for Schmucks, With yes. Steve Carell, who uh, like taxidermied all these mice and set them up in these incredibly elaborate tableaus. That's exactly it. There, there are these mice who are, these dead mice who are now being treated like puppets in front of like very elaborate stage settings. Here's one called Vikings. And, and I these early ones... I start to focus less on how dark they are and just how confounding they're there. There's a, so much going on. First, you have to buy into the fact that somebody is taking dead mice, dressing them up, creating elaborate tableaus for them, like you say, and then putting on little plays with them. But then the plays themselves are a little bit confusing. This was the one called Vikings. Tomcat bait kills up to 12 mice faster than decon. What will we do with all of these dead mice? Tomcat presents Dead Mouse Theater. Hey, old frick. Hey, Ignore. What's up with you? Funny you ask. So these are, uh, this is a Viking, this is a dead mouse dressed up like a Viking talking to, I guess, a dead mouse dressed up like a more modern person or maybe a person from that age but not a Viking, just in like kind of civilian clothing. I'm actually here to pillage your town. But we went to summer camp together. Summer camp is over. Then the Viking mouse takes a mace, right? That's a mace. Yep. That's a, it's a wooden stick with a ball with metal spikes on it, and it smashes the other mouse in the head and brutalizes it. So now we have darkness layered upon darkness. Like when I watched this today, I was astounded. I find the concept pretty involved and also like really, really awful. Yeah, it is kind of awful, and I do feel sad for the mice. But I will also say that as someone who has had mice, uh, you know, I've had a house where we had a, a mice infestation, you really come to hate the mice, and, and there is no sort of punishment or outcome for them that could be too horrible. So actually, maybe they really are talking to their audience. We don't currently have mice, so for me, it's an academic question. But I, I guess maybe it's for if you do have mice, it is pretty visceral. So... I, you know what? I'm changing my mind. Good on you, Tom. I, you make a really compelling point there that people are at their wits end with pests and pestilence. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Wow. See, this. You're, we, I, I love watching you evolve in front of my eyes on the radio while we're taping. When I started, I had a tail. <laughs> this next ad is dark in a much more sentimental way yeah there there are there are these ads that we talked about that are i think either in t trying to be funny and ending up dark or intentionally having just kind of a a dark sense of humor and then there are these other ads that just really want to make you cry and i think some of them overshoot just a just a little bit. So this one is for the Subaru 2016 Impreza and um the name of the ad is Dream Weekend. And I'm going to play it in the background, but I don't think there's really um, much dialogue, so we don't have to play the, the whole thing. But basically, there's a man getting in his Impreza with his faithful dog. They're packing bags or going on a road trip. And then we quickly see that this is like a, a bucket list adventure for this dog. He goes to a hotel where he goes swimming. The guy buys him a new pair of shoes so the dog can chew on the shoes. Um, he goes and uh, he meets an old dog lover and, uh, and meets up with her again. 
um, they're eating takeout food together at a hotel, and the guy who, who is with the dog just kind of looks wistful the whole time. He loves seeing his dog uh, cross these things off of his bucket list and his dog seeming very, very happy. But the implication is that this is a dog who is on his last legs. Yeah. It's never said explicitly. But it's called a bucket list. They end up on the beach at sunset. I mean, clearly the dog is not long for this world. I was doing some reading about it. Um, the actual ad kind of description that I saw on Subaru does describe it as a, a man kind of making his dog happy and celebrating the, the you know lifelong bond that they've had for the past, I think it's 14 years. And at one point, there is a... Um, a banner or something in the ad where it says happy 14th birthday or something like that. And I was reading it. I mean, yes, I was literally reading about this ad in message boards and somebody pointed out that it actually says like 14 and three quarters birthday again, kind of implying that you're celebrating this milestone only because time is limited. But I guess my point that I I didn't make clear there is Subaru and the ad company never say that. In the description, it's never explicit, but it's heavily, heavily implied. You know, know, I just don't know what other reading there is for this. I mean, they may not want to say, they may not want to put into print uh, or in an interview... Uh, Subaru, because your dog's going to die someday. Right, but right. guess what? Subaru, because your dog's going to die someday. Yeah. Uh, listener Mike uh, sent this in to us as well. We should mention that we do have a Facebook page. It's uh, After These Messages Show on Facebook, and we're going to be posting a lot of ads there, and we want uh, we want that to be a place where you guys send us ads that you want us to talk about as well. Um, but he classified this ad as uh, raining on my face ad. Like, it makes him cry. And, like, I watched it twice today, and I'm a pretty... I'm a pretty manly man. I mean, that's how a lot of people describe me. But there's one scene kind of near the end where after the dog and the man have both like kind of gorged on a bunch of um, takeout food and then they fall asleep clearly. And then it looks like it's morning and they're kind of tangled up together in the bed and they're both asleep. Like that puts a lump in my throat. Yeah. It really got me. Now, Subaru, we don't, we don't have to go into into uh, great detail, but Subaru has really cornered the market on ads that just tug at your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Can you think of another one? Well, I, 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 I do at some point want to talk about this, so my, now is just as good a time as any, I suppose. Uh, there's a Subaru ad called They Lived that I think is unbelievably oh effective. Oh, my God. Right. All you see is a, a, just a smashed up, wrecked car. It's getting... Uh, towed from the site of the accident. A cop says to the tow truck driver, they lived. The tow truck driver takes it to the um, the junkyard, tells the junkyard owner they lived. The junkyard owner takes it to the guy who presses it into a tiny steel cube, and he says they lived. And then the owner of the Subaru, you know, the sort of handsome dad type, is watching his kids get into their new Subaru and says uh, in a voiceover, we lived. The Subaru saved their whole lives. Uh, you know, this family survived this incredible accident because of the safety. I mean, like, I, I described that commercial from memory. I know what the product is, and mm-hmm. I know what the message is. That's effective. That that ad makes me want to have a family and buy a Subaru to put them in it. I think now is the perfect time to talk about that ad because, yeah, that that is another ad that, yes, while it's life-affirming and um, – I, I guess it's supposed to make us feel, you know, safe in their cars. I 
don't you think there's a darkness to that as well? Like, well, sure. it's like just dealing with death head on like that in a car ad. Yeah, I mean, Subaru's not really Subaru's not afraid of the the tough stuff. No, and they do a nice job with it too. Now, do you think that Subaru uh, or do, we've we've talked about Subaru and the way they deal with some of these darker subjects? It raises the question or the specter, let's say. <laughs> Uh, advisedly, of that nationwide ad mm-hmm. that got a ton of press after the Super Bowl when it aired. Do you want to describe it? Yeah, and I don't um, think that I actually need to play this one. It's the one where the little boy is going around and saying, I'm never going to ride a bike. And we see him riding a three-wheeler, but he says, I'm never going to ride a bike. And then he's on the bus and he says, I'm never going to get cooties. And a little girl kisses him. And I'm never going to be able to fly. And we see him imagining himself with a jetpack or something like that. And then it gets to the end. He's like, I'm never going to be able to do any of those things because I'm dead. And they got so much heat for that. That was just in this last Super Bowl. And I have not seen the ad since. And I did a lot of searching today to figure out it. if it was officially pulled. There was never any um, There's never any announcement that they pulled it. I, I think that was a real misfire. That was a major Major, major misfire, yeah. Well, that got dark. Let's uh, guess some spokesmen. Or a spokesman. Yeah, I'm uh, obviously a little bit nervous about this. So just to let you guys know how this works, Genevieve sent me a link today. I can see that it's a YouTube link, but I have no idea what it links to. So I'm going to click it here cold for the first time. And I guess we will. There's no problem with me watching it, right? There's no visual cues. So I don't know what this is for, but let's see here. Okay, good. So there's no pre-roll on this. So it looks like this is the Arby's We Have the Meats ad. Good Lord, this could be a show in and of itself. Who came up with, who are the ad wizards who came up with We Have the Meats? They might as well just say We Have the Meat Sweats. Because it's the only thing that I can think of. Exactly what I always think of. It is, like, I don't want the meat. I love meat. Like, there's Ron Swanson. You love Arby's. There's a caveman, and then there's me. I love Arby's. I love eating meat. But the idea of we have the meat makes me want to avoid you big time. It's it's notable because it's the only misstep in Arby's long history. Um, so I guess I'll just hit play on this. I'm nervous because I know this ad and I've never noticed that it's a famous person. So I think I'm already I'm already losing. This is where Arby's bacon comes from. It's both thick-cut and peppery, both peppery and succulent, both succulent and smoky, both smoky and bacon, both bacon and on a sandwich. Arby's, we have the meat. I've heard that commercial a million times. I didn't know that that was somebody I should be able to recognize. We should also mention that I am horrible at kind of naming actors and stuff like that. But if I can just identify the person and tell you a project that they've been in or something, we'll accept that. Absolutely. And you 100% know the project for which this actor is most famous. And it sounds like it's an African-American actor. So I'm scared that if I just start listing a bunch of African-American actors, I'm going to come off as racist. You will. Okay. So way to really put the pressure. You couldn't have given me a slightly easier one, like some Tim Robbins ad or something? Honestly, I recognize this one myself. Really? Okay. I'm going to listen again. This is where Arby's bacon comes from. I feel like that... I feel like that is where we hear the real voice. As we as he gets more amped up during this ad, is that more reflective of the kind of characters I've seen him in? Or is this beginning part where he's a little bit more calm, is that going to be more reflective of what I know him? Well, I actually think that We Have the Meats is the most, mm-hmm. the most him. 
Um, let me know when you're ready to get start getting some hints. Okay, I want to listen all the way through. Okay, one more time. This is where Arby's bacon comes from. It's both thick-cut and peppery, both peppery and succulent, both succulent and smoky, both smoky and bacon, both bacon and on a sandwich. Arby's, we have the meat. That we have the meat. It's so... Is it familiar to you at all? No, it's really not. I mean, at the very beginning, um, I thought maybe it's the guy who plays Marcellus Wallace. Ding, ding, ding. Are you serious? It's Ving Rhames. That's Ving Rhames? That's Ving Rhames. I got it. You got it. I nailed got it. it. Got it in one. I am so... I still got it. You still got it. I am... That is... I am astounded. <laughs> I am astounded that I got that right. Sort of. I wish I'd said it with a little bit more... Yeah. With a little bit more gumption. Well... I should have taken the spirit of the We Have the Meats commercial and applied it to this podcast. Well... Do you want to start from the top? No, I don't. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right, well, I am astounded that I got that right. And I don't, you know what? I don't even care. I'm giving myself some applause. I think I earned that. You totally earned it. All right. I do wish I had had a little bit more confidence in that. All right, Veeves, thanks. Well, let's let's do that some more because that was that was very invigorating. Now that you got one under your belt, now that I got one under my belt, I want It's like getting uh, cocky. It's like the first time I ever went on a roller coaster. You know, like it took me years and years, but once I went on the first one, I just wanted to keep going on them over and over again until I hit thirty-five, and now I'm scared of everything. All right, Veeves, let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind Before we really get into uh, the ad council and some of the ads that people... Uh, you know, recommended to us as something things that to love or hate. I just want to take a second to say how overwhelming and gratifying the response to our first episode was. I won't belabor it, but just thank you so much to everyone who listened, who commented, who visited the Facebook page. Um, it it's so uh, it, it's so kind and generous, and I just uh, wanted to say thank you. Yeah, me too. It, it's been amazing. And I'll just use this as an opportunity to, again, remind everybody where you can catch up with us. Um, we have the Facebook page. It's uh, After These Messages Show. And basically post anything there. If you just see a commercial that you love or that you hate or that you want us to talk about or you pray to God we never talk about or you have some insight on. Because as soon as we mentioned that, you know, as soon as we tweeted out and Facebooked out or whatever, that we're doing a podcast about commercials, immediately everybody everybody's got the commercial that they want to talk about whether it's one of the medication ads that every like we're going to do a whole show on medication ads there's just so much to talk about and i feel like everybody's got an opinion on it so please keep on sharing it. and again thank you so much for um kind of sharing the love and letting your friends know about this i'll even go so far as to i've never said this before but you know what you want to give us a rating on itunes i i wouldn't say no to that unless you had something bad to say in which case i would vehemently say no to that so <laughs> Uh, so, uh, having said all of that, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll also take emails at after these messages show at gmail.com. Our first um, topic here that we want to talk about, actually, several people had opinions on, varying opinions, although I would say most of them were negative. Um, Kalina posted on the Facebook page the direct TV ads make me giggle every time, even when they're dumb. 
because they all remind me of this. And she included a picture of Rob Lowe as... This was like creepy guy at the pool Rob Lowe, right? Yeah, the alt Rob Lowe's got, I think, a bit vague. Yes, although that that was creepy guy at the pool Rob Lowe was my was probably my favorite. Yeah, you know, they they got down to some pretty um some some pretty granular alternative Rob Lowe's. It was things like, you know, Used too much conditioner has limp hair, Rob Lowe. <laughs> um, you know, didn't do great on his SATs, had to go to his safety school, Rob Lowe. So those Rob Lowe's. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you remember the had to go to Tufts, Rob Lowe? Had, had oh to go to Tufts, Rob Lowe. Oh, was there oh, ever a sadder Rob Lowe? I can make that joke because I did go to Kent State. Um, so I, I guess what happened was DirecTV was doing all these Rob Lowe ads, which they were blanketing the market. I think especially during football, and again, as we mentioned in the last show, that's when you and I see a lot of commercials. Well, it's because that's what DirecTV hangs their... their oh, right, of course. You know, their uh, commercial advantage, their marketing advantage on is that they have access to uh, game day. Right, of course. So that was kind of the heart of these commercials with Rob Lowe, and I think they did a couple of seasons of them. And then the news came out that they were going to stop that ad campaign. I remember distinctly reading that in the LA Times, and the story that I read specifically said that they were canceling the campaign because there were complaints from not the FCC, but some sort of self-regulating ad board that makes sure that commercials are not making any kind of false promises or, or false accusations against competitors and stuff like that. And apparently Comcast had raised issues that the alternative Rob Lowe characters, the creepy guy, the guy who had to go to Tufts, etc., that those characters were making false claims against Comcast. And basically DirecTV said, well, that's ridiculous because nobody would take these characters seriously. They're so far-fetched. Oh, it was, was a very weird response. Was that response. their defense? That's, it was I a didn't weird, remember that. weird response, but they did say, but because of that, we're going to stop this ad campaign. And even at the time, I thought, well, couldn't you just change what the script says? You don't have to ditch the whole campaign. Yeah. And then this newest football season rolls around, and all of a sudden we notice – Oh, the campaign is still going. Rob Lowe just has nothing to do with it anymore. Most of them are Peyton Manning. And I think, are they all Peyton Manning? I feel now? like there were a couple of other, I, I think, quarterbacks in there somewhere. But mostly it's Peyton Manning because, I mean, what won't that guy sell? <laughs> and he is, I mean, he's a great pitch he's man. He's a great pitch I, I man. Have no, I, I have no qualms about no, him. Look, if he sold, if he was on every commercial during football games, no, I, mean, I wouldn't look, really complain. I mean, Peyton, if you're listening and you want to do an ad for this podcast... The door's always open. Now, did you want to have him on? I have his cell phone number. <laughs> Probably not this show, but maybe... Is that something you'd be interested in? You yeah. should let me know that. Let's talk about it off Okay, mind. we'll talk about that off air. But maybe the most famous one that stands out from this batch of the ads is the high-pitched Peyton Manning one. Hi, I'm Peyton Manning, and I have DirecTV. And I'm really high voice Peyton Manning, and I have cable. Only DirecTV lets you watch NFL Sunday Ticket games live on all your devices. With cable, I can't do that. It's like... Ah! I get to take all the games with me. I sing with the four tunesmen. Downtown ladies sing this song, do-da. Don't be like this, me. Get NFL Sunday Ticket only on DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. 
Now, I think most people are getting irritated with those ads, again, because of the saturation. It's this cute little concept that they're kind of not letting die. And I think people are just kind of sick of it. But Jeff posted on the page, while I used to love the DirecTV commercials with Rob Lowe, the current crop with Peyton Manning dividing him into man Peyton with DirecTV and falsetto-voiced woman Peyton with just the plain cable strikes me as misogynistic. I got to say... I didn't get that the first time I watched the ads. I've watched it with an ear towards that since we got Jeff's note. I, I'm still not on board with that. Is that because I'm a, a dude? No. I, I mean, Jeff sounds like he's probably a dude, too. I think um, effeminate men certainly uh, don't enjoy a lot of cultural cachet. And so in a sense, there's probably some some unpleasantness with that. But I don't find it explicitly misogynistic. It's too... It's too goofy and too silly for it to quite rise to that for me. Was were the, was there one with the Rob Lowe where some a group felt aggrieved by it? Do you remember which one it was? I can't remember the entire concept of that ad, but I know what the problem was. Was one of the weak Rob Lowe's was having trouble going to the bathroom, I believe. Right? It was a Rob Lowe that was having trouble peeing, and so a group that represents people who have the medical condition that makes it difficult for men to pee complained that it was insensitive. Oh my God. The enlarged prostate council of America got onto them. Yeah. I don't, it wasn't the enlarged prostate. It was a diff, it was an actual, cause I think an enlarged prostate makes you go more, right? Who I knows? Who, <laughs> well, probably a lot of people. Anyway, my, look, I don't want to get hate mail. If, if you are, if you are an, an oppressed person of any stripe, you know, I'm with you. I do think that maybe there are better battles to fight than, you know, what ridiculous concept they have come up with as the alternative to some celebrity. Here it is. Uh, this was in uh, USA Today. Oh. Uh, let's see here. Shy Bladder Group protests DirecTV ad starring Rob Lowe. I mean, that is just beyond parody, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, it was the uh, painfully awkward ad. So it was painfully awkward Rob Lowe who had oh, yeah. trouble it in It wasn't the even ad. his defining characteristic. No, it was just like one of the little clips in there is he was having uh, trouble peeing. And so the, the folks representing... I mean, here's the deal. If you are somebody who's or like a group whose sole purpose is to represent people with shy bladders, you don't have a lot of opportunities to like kind of get a lot of publicity. Yeah. So I no, guess I if, you wanna ra- if you want to raise awareness for your cause, boom, you did it. So anyway, I am sticking with the commercials. They don't bug me. Like I said, um, I don't love them. They're not like flow ads for me, which I love. But, you know, they... They remain about as clever as they ever were. They're not driving me crazy yet. And I like Peyton. And like I say, I've seen some other people in there as well. So I would say for me, they're well into having diminishing returns. Yeah. This is beating a dead horse territory. I think so. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Another note from Crispin who writes, my favorite is a nationwide insurance commercial showing little kids in frustrating adult situations like being stuck in the DMV. It's adorable and it makes you fear for them. You don't want those poor little tykes having to handle problems they shouldn't have to deal with for another 20 years. It really makes you empathize. I love this ad. I love the music. I love the expressions on the kids' faces. Mm -hmm. They really nailed the like frustration frustrated uh you know adult look but they're in this adult world and it's so effective yeah i think these little kid actors are amazing i mean 
they only have tiny little uh, tiny little performances in here, but that little kid throwing his cell phone on the ground is so so great. Are there more than one? Is there more than one commercial in this campaign? Is there another one, or is there another one where there's a little kid who's driving his dad's car or that's, something like that? That's an ad that I always think of. It's for a car. It's not for oh, insurance. Okay. And I and I actually thought about looking it up and then didn't get around to it but there is a there's a great ad where the dad comes home and says like hey buddy do you want to drive the yes, car yes. and the and the kid like drops his dad off at work he gets a parking ticket i mean the kid nails it that right. kid that kid is a great little actor yeah, yeah. Oh, you're killing me that's exactly the one i'm thinking of yeah. yeah i don't think it's a coincidence that both of those ads remind us of each other it's a similar it's a similar idea and they're both really effective yeah and they're both produced in kind of similar similar ways as far as the way they're shot so and, and our lighted. thanks go out to the stage mom and dads of america <laughs> that's right that's right if you have a little kid make sure you get that kid in front of the spotlight as soon as possible that is one thing living in los angeles have you kind of noticed that like you see more ads for like family shoots and stuff like that and like yeah everywhere people, yeah i know it's a little bit weird isn't it on the other hand I've been dressing up Theodore Murray, our cat, and trying to get him into auditions since we've been down here, so... Yeah, he's only killed three. <laughs> Who am I to talk? You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, kids. That's it for another episode of After These Messages. We will be posting these shows every Tuesday, so you can subscribe to the stream on Stitcher, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and we're on Facebook too, right, Vives? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at After These Messages Show. You can also email us at After These Messages Show at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm Andrew underscore Walsh. And I'm uh, Semicolone, which I know is a weird handle. Nobody's ever going to remember that. You know what? Look for Andrew. I'm sure I'm not far behind. <laughs> that's right. I'll I'm just... terrible at Twitter anyway, so. It's, it's not a huge loss. If you have trouble finding Genevieve on Twitter, email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com, and I'll send you a link. How about that? Perfect. All right. Talk to you guys next Tuesday. Oh.